0: Sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Philippians 3 8. So, who is this Jesus for whom we count everything else as loss, who is raised from the dead, who claims to be our creator, our redeemer, our savior, who says one day he is coming back to make all things right. We are answering these questions today with authors David Limbaugh and his daughter Kristen Limbaugh. They just wrote a book called The Resurrected Jesus, which we will discuss, as well as their own faith journeys, the questions that they have wrestled with while becoming and being Christians. And we will also talk about the faith and the legacy of David's brother and Kristen's uncle, Rush Limbaugh. You will love this interview with these two amazing people. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash That's goodranchers.com slash David, Kristen, thank y'all so much for joining us. First, although I'm sure there's a lot of people listening and watching who already know, can you tell us, David, who you are and what you do?
1: David Limbaugh. I'm a lawyer I used to be a columnist. So I finally quit after 20 years. It's a wonderful relief. Yes. And um, right, I've written 11 books. This is the 11th, and this one was, is with Kristen. So I yes. a busy life.
2: And Kristen, is this your first time to contribute to a book with your dad? It is, yes. It so is. So it's been such a dream come true for me. Lots yes. of fun. And um, yeah, hopefully... There'll be more to come in the future, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: and I want to talk more about like what that process was like as a father-daughter team. But first, I just want to talk about the book itself. The Resurrected Jesus, as you said, uh, you have written several Jesus books, yeah. David. This is the next iteration. Can you tell us why you decided to write this book? Why is it called the Resurrected Jesus?
1: Because the publisher insisted on. <laughs> okay, got being, it. So I'm, I'm being totally transparent. Recknery decided, yeah. Always. It, it, the thing is, the 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 first jesus book or the first christian book was jesus on trial it was my uh, faith journey and uh, an apologetics book second was the emmaus code which is jesus in the new old testament prophesied and all that third was the true jesus which was a chronological compendium of the gospels fourth was uh jesus is risen they always put jesus in the title and that's intentional shameless promoters (laughs) and uh, so that was the book of Acts, history of the early church, and the first six of the Apostle Paul's epistles. This one, the resurrected Jesus, is the final seven of the Apostle Paul's epistles. So there's no strategy. It's just marching through the the New Testament books, and it's kind of like a commentary devotional combined.
0: Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about what it was like writing this book with your
2: dad, and why did you decide to join forces this time? Um, well, dad asked me like a year and a half ago if I'd be interested in writing his next book with him. And I.
1: It's was, actually not true. She came begging.
2: I did. I was, oh, yeah. Please. Um, <laughs> um, well, we had always kind of, you know, flirted with the idea of writing something together, but I didn't think it would be until after dad had finished this series since he's had so much success with it in the past. But um, he came to me saying that he had an idea for me to. Um, co-author, offer my insights, and then also contribute prayers, um, interspersed throughout the text. And so, um, it was, uh, it was really interesting for me to see his, his process, um, you know, with a, like right up front, because growing up, I mean, I always watched him on these projects and it's funny cause I went away to college when you were writing your first book on Obama. And I remember I'm the first and we're very close. And, um, I was thinking, man, like, did my dad forget me? Because for like two months, I like my first two months of call He was months just of so college, I didn't hear from you. But yeah, yeah he was so engrossed. It's Toward the writing. cause.
1: Trashing Obama. <laughs> yeah. Very yes.
2: I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. So I knew, um, you know, it was like a very um, intense process for him. Um, but he was so gracious with me. I was pregnant the whole time throughout the process. So, but he set, you know, great deadlines. And um, he's a machine when he writes, you know, and he yeah. does all the research himself. Like, All the editing, I mean, obviously we do have an editor as well, but he self-edits multiple times. And so it really helped me as a writer and to be able to bounce – feedback off of one another. You know, if you're writing something yourself, you're dealing with yourself and with the Holy Spirit. But when you have a, a partner, it you think of things that you wouldn't have thought of before. Yes. You see things from a different angle. And so I think that yes. really benefits the reader as well, because even though we write it in one voice, they're kind of getting t- um, several different angles on these different Subjects mm-hmm.
0: so obviously, faith and theology is central to your family life. It sounds like mm-hmm. growing up, which I'm guessing started with you and your wife and right. even though you've written about your testimony, a lot of people may not know how did you come to faith, and then how did you come to the point to where you want to write about faith and theology? yeah, and
1: I chronicled that in the the first book and and it it's i was I came kicking and screaming now somebody that you know how people are on Twitter. I heard David Limbaugh on a podcast say that he came kicking and screaming. That's not the normal conversion experience. I didn't say it was a conversion experience. I said <laughs> I, my, it was figurative to say I was a doubter. I was a skeptic. The conversion experience wasn't uh, troublesome. But I, I always believed in, in God. To me, it's impossible not to. These new atheists who come up with these ridiculous ideas that something can come from nothing and life from non-life but I didn't subscribe to the Bible or Jesus's divinity, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but not because I was a rebel. I mean, I always wanted to be on the right team. We grew up in church. I just didn't embrace it. The real reason was because I didn't ever engage, didn't study it. And I had problems with why would an all-loving God send Someone to eternal damnation. We, that, I thought I was creative with that idea, by the way. Everybody's yeah. so, had that throughout. <laughs> yeah. But.
0: Everyone always thinks, I mean, myself included, right. that they are the first skeptic to ask questions about Christianity. <laughs> and and, and yeah,
1: the, yeah. the brilliant, I mean, IQ brilliant atheists still think that we're just idiots and have never yeah, thought have through Have never thought things. about it. And, and what happened is I started studying apologetics and I, I would read C.S. Lewis. Paul Little, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh, Norman Geisler, Josh McDowell, I read it all, and and I I just was so close. I just knew it was right, and but I couldn't. Finally, I mean, I didn't uh, didn't make the the plunge until later. When I and what point of uh,
0: of your life was this when you were really kind of digging in and asking Um, questions?
1: Well, I all from college on, but I didn't really. I don't think I was converted till I was in my mid thirties. After we were married, Lisa made a mistake marrying me, but she always <laughs> prayed for my, my conversion, mm. which is kind of cool. So she cruel. was
0: a Christian when uh, yes. y'all got married. Yes. And would you have called yourself a Christian before? Uh, now yes, looking but, back, okay. yes,
1: but but I didn't know what really Christian meant. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a nominal Christian, and I certainly believe in all the values. Always did. Again, I was not that big of a rebel at all. When I would see, I'd watch Charles Stanley on TV before I was a Christian. Before I was a, a, a rebel. I knew everything he was saying was true. Isn't that weird? Yeah. The the demons know and shudder. The demons know God. I'm not saying I was a demon, but
0: (laughs) right. (laughs) But but, But even the demons know. And I've heard it said before, Mm. like people can miss heaven by 18 inches, which is Mm. the link from the head to the heart. That's very good way to put it. It's possible for us to fully understand, in a sense, and know the gospel and theology, and still not have it in our hearts.
1: But but let me tell you, the interesting thing is, I didn't even know the real claims of the Bible and I didn't I, I wasn't even sure that Jesus claimed to be God. You talk oh you never claimed Well you can't read the book of John and deny right. that he claimed right. I and the Father are one, et cetera, et cetera. But I went to a prayer breakfast, Christian men's prayer breakfast, and like a thousand people in our hometown, Cape Jordan, Missouri. And some celebrity was speaking, I think it was Dave Draveki, who was a pitcher, Major League Baseball pitcher, and he lost his arm to cancer. And he was very inspiring, but that had nothing to do with my conversion. But there was a card left on the table. Would you like to learn more about Jesus Christ? Well, I really didn't that much, hmm. but I felt urge, urge uh, an urging to do it, which I think was a prompting by the Holy Spirit. Signed the thing, and I ended up in a Bible study with about five guys, all of whom I knew, two of them uh, taught it. And it was a book, a little pamphlet called First Steps. It was a green... And it went through Christ's divinity. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. All this <laughs> basic stuff I never knew. Yeah. And I, then I, when I finally became convinced that the Bible was the word of God, I was excited. I'm looking, in my, holding my hand, the actual message from God. And it was fi- shortly after that that I accepted Christ. Sorry for the long.
0: No, I love it. I I love hearing people's testimony and kind of what prompts people when the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works on people. And just a common theme that I find in people's testimonies is that God had been working on them and their heart in ways that they didn't know for a long time. By the way, and
1: I wrote about this, it's so fascinating to me, I got to add this. Yes. That I really believe, and I've said this in that book or elsewhere in speeches, don't, don't assume as an evangelist that you're the seeds you plant are not productive. It may take a thousand. I think in my right. cases, a right. thousand. And I, there's one that particularly moved me. He went to law school with a friend of mine. And they were home, and we were all home. I was home from law school from Mizzou. They were home from uh, Texas law school. They went to, we met out at their house, at, at my, the parents' house of my friend. He brought his Texas friends up. And this, we were talking about, God, and I was being not a smart aleck, but, Ta- raising those questions because he was an open Christian, the, his friend. And I was, he was a really cool guy, ladies' man guy. So he, ladies' man, Christian, ooh, that's interesting. I thought all Christians were nerds, the, the real <laughs> right. puritanical. Right, And But he, he started talking about um, the Bible. He was very, uh, I would say, winsome with me. He didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't get defensive about my questioning. Instead, he goes, I'd like to share something with you. About the Bible, how integrated it is. He gave me a. Re- he went to his bedroom, brought back a reference Bible, gave it to me. It's his Bible, and he gave it to me, and I started looking at it. You know, weeks later, and I couldn't believe how integrated the Old Testament and the New, because they had the cross references. I didn't know any of this. That was a first step. That for me, that later bore fruit years later. Yeah. And I told him it blew him away. He had no idea. It brought him to tears. It actually did. But isn't that cool? That was way before.
3: All right. Taking a quick pause from that awesome conversation to tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Covenant Eyes. We are at war, and the problem is you might not even know it. It is often an unseen war. It's attacking the souls of men, women, and children in this country. And I am talking about the battle against pornography. It's destroying marriages, ensnaring kids, driving people into shame and isolation. It's even a cancer in the church. It is spreading quickly throughout all the ranks, and it's a poison in our world that has promoted dehumanization, sexual abuse, exploitation of innocence, human trafficking, grooming of children. And that's why it is so important to take a stand against a pornified culture and defend our families and children and ourselves from pornography's destructive effects. And that is why Covenant Eyes exists. Covenant Eyes is a software You download it onto your phone, onto your computer, onto all of your devices to block porn on all of your devices. And you can model online integrity for your kids. You can also make sure that they are protecting their eyes and hearts as well. There are different accountability features that you can use to make sure that you are being transparent with your community. Uh, get Covenant Eyes accountability software for free for thirty days by visiting coveyes.com/ally. That's c
0: slash You really never know. And the small things or seemingly small things that you do that you really never know Mm -hmm. are having an effect. Right. Very often are. I mean, there are things that we won't know until we get to heaven, people that we affected just in passing or by a small, private, unseen, unsung act of obedience to God that God used for his glory in a million ways that we may... Never see. And that's all of our testimony. That's, that was I mean, very that's true. smooth.
1: What you just, you should get your own show.
0: Uh, oh, I'll try. I've been begging them for a long time. We'll see if it happens. So, what was it like growing up then? Obviously, it probably for as long as you can remember, it sounds yeah. like he really had the conversion experience mm-hmm. um, in in his 30s. So, as long as you can remember, you were raised in a Christian home with Christian parents. Yep. How did that faith kind of play
2: into your upbringing? Um, well, so I, I've said my mom was the prayer warrior in our family and dad was the divine truth warrior in yes. our family. So it's important to have both. It is. Yes. And so I, I really did have the best of both worlds. Um, mom has always been very spiritual, taught us how to pray from a young age. And then dad, actually, before I went off to college, um, took me on little dad-daughter dates because he said, you know, you're going to be faced with different arguments trying to tear down your faith, and I'm, I'm going to teach you what you can know in your heart. And he said, but don't even try to get into an argument with a professor about this. He's like, just get the, get the A. It's like not worth the battle for that. And it was, you know, I unknowingly signed up for a biblical course thinking, you know, little me thinking, it's like, oh, this will be great. I yeah. can actually take a Christian course at, a secular college and little did I know they were picking apart the Bible as a piece of literature and trying to show all the inerrancies and everything so but it was God had literally prepared me for that the summer before so um but for me personally um college is probably where I was at my lowest point in my faith walk I mean I asked Jesus into my heart as a little girl and um but um my friends probably you know we're all Christians quote air quotes but um I wasn't really in a youth group or anything like that so I wasn't really deepening my faith um, as a teen and then I got to college I joined a sorority and you know your focus shifts to parties yeah. and all the things and I wasn't you know like too crazy but I just my focus was on myself and yeah. um so I was just feeling so empty as every year of college passed by it's like okay I don't have a boyfriend i I don't have you know really a, a vision for where my life is going and um I just, I wasn't ever questioning is Jesus real? I always knew that, but I I didn't really know him on such an intimate level that I'm I do now. And so it was actually we've been talking about seeds, a girlfriend of mine who um, again, a fun friend, somebody that who I wouldn't have considered like a stick in the mud at the time. Um, and we were interning together in New York City. And so the first night of our internship, we went out to get a glass of wine and <laughs> we didn't look at the menu before the glass of wine was literally $32. So oh, we're like, okay, gosh. well that'll be our dinner and breakfast for, yeah. the, next, <laughs> <laughs> for the next day. <laughs> um, we're like, we're idiots. <laughs> um, but we were just talking and she just had such um, a glow about her, like mm-hmm. truly yeah. a zest for life. She was just emanating joy. And I was like, what is with you? Like since the last time I've seen you, something is different. Yeah. Like, do you have a new boyfriend? Like, you know, of yeah. course my mind goes there yeah. and she's like, Okay, like this is going to sound so weird, but I I've always grown up and, you know, as a Christian, but I've I feel like Jesus has really like brought me in and has, has totally transformed my life. And wow. she went through the devotional she had been reading, this book that was great. And I was like, I'm jealous. I want what you have. And so she gave me the devotional she was reading. And that summer is the first time where every single morning I woke up excited to hear from God. And I really felt like he was directly speaking into my life. And little by little, he started asking me to trust him, asking me to submit things to him and be obedient to him. And I realized, oh, you actually have what's best for me. You know, I mm-hmm. always thought that being obedient to God was you have to live like a straight lace and no fun life and not be an individual. And when I when I finally did start just giving in to him, you realize he's the one, John 10, 10 who gives us life and life to the fullest. So um, that's my True conversion. So we
1: failed as parents. Ultimately, (laughs) everyone
2: has to
0: have their wayward
2: season. (laughs) No, but actually, I mean, if
0: you're talking about planting seeds, I hear so many stories like that. Well, I was raised a Christian, but then this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was, I was raised in the church. I knew things about God, but it wasn't until you know high school, college, adult life. But that didn't happen like in a vacuum. It didn't happen all of a sudden. In reality, God had been working on them for years and years. You know, when
1: I first wrote about my faith journey people from my local church were, I think, probably offended. Well, are you saying we weren't a (laughs) Bible-believing church? No, I'm saying it just didn't take with me. I'm not saying anything about the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: about an individual's heart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that people have a hard time wrapping their minds around when it comes to Christianity, um, when it comes to Jesus in particular, they might say that, well, he was a good teacher. He has some good kind of moral mm-hmm. instruction that we should follow. But the miracles, they just didn't happen, particularly the idea that he was raised from the dead. Is that even necessary for the Christian faith? Obviously, y'all wrote this book. Mm-hmm. You think it is. So tell us a little bit more about that. What did you learn about the resurrection? How did kind of bolster your own faith in the risen God?
1: Well, <clears throat> of course, I studied this so much. And as I said, no great new revelations in this book. We're just continuing with the, the New Testament um, exploration, examination, commentary. But um, I, I do want to address that because the bodily resurrection is essential for the, in my view for the Christian yes. faith. Mm-hmm. If the resurrection isn't true, as the Apostle Paul said, Christians are most to be pitied. Christ God, the triune God, created mankind knowing he would fall, we would fall, then knowing that the only way or the best way they could be redeemed is if his son, second person of the Trinity, would become human and suffer all the indignities of human existence and then ultimately be persecuted, beaten, killed, and then resurrected so that those of us who believe in him, who have faith in him, can also be resurrected and live with with him in eternal glory. Well, You can't just write that off and say it didn't happen. the Gnostics and and the precursors to the Gnostics, the the false teachers that Paul was correcting Mm -hmm. in uh, some of these letters, said that material existence was impure and evil. Therefore, Jesus couldn't have been a real human. He had to be God, and this was all an illusion. So he didn't really die on the cross. If he didn't die on the cross, if he didn't suffer, we couldn't relate to us. We couldn't live. It's so essential to Christianity, it blows my mind. There's so much syncretism, people combining pagan thoughts, New Age thoughts with Mm -hmm. Christianity and thinking that'll work. No, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father except through, and you can't, you cannot dilute those words without destroying the entire essence of Christianity.
3: All right, another break to tell you about our next sponsor for the day. And it is a product that I use on a daily basis in my home. It is called Naturally It's Clean. I love this company, not just because their cleaning supplies, whether you're talking about carpet cleaner or the multi surface cleaner or their stainless steel cleaner, their laundry detergent, it is all so much safer for your family, for your pets, for your home. They use powerful enzyme cleaners that address tough outdoor stains, mold issues. I mean, Anything that you can think of their cleaner works on and it works really well while also being less toxic for your home. Also, right now, they are giving 10% of their proceeds to Governor Governor DeSantis's Florida Relief Fund through volunteerflorida.org. So they do a lot of great things. They helped with disaster relief in Kentucky recently. They just really care about helping out communities and they're they're passionate about cleaning. And so they come into these communities communities that are dealing with these disasters and they literally help clean up. All of their products are made in the USA. I love that about them. I recommend starting with Ally's four pack of the essential starter kit, which includes four of their top products. Go to naturallyisclean.com slash Allie. Use promo, co- promo code Allie to receive 15% off your
0: order. That's com slash Allie. Promo code Allie. Some people think that Christianity is kind of a form of Gnosticism. It denies the importance of the material, or it denies the importance of the body, that we only focus on the spiritual. But that's not true. Christianity, above any other worldview, cares deeply about the body. We're told, 1 Corinthians 6.19, that the body is a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We're promised a resurrection of the bodies. As you said, Jesus is God-made flesh, a bodily resurrection. We're told that we are made bodily in God's image. Wow, God cares so much about the body you're exactly right it is central yeah, to the christian and that's faith why, that's
1: yeah. why you know the the sex sins are so serious and exactly paul talks yeah. about them yes mm-hmm. it's a bummer but they are
0: <laughs> yeah because it's different yeah. than other sin and that you are sinning against your own body yes. you are sinning. Uh, against yourself and you yeah. kind of alluded to this and I'm interested to see what you think As yeah. kind of a member of my generation this mm-hmm. is I mean maybe this is something that we've always heard but in particular, I, I think that people our age say um, well it's it can't just be and this is I guess has been an, uh, always a, a for a, a, a criticism <laughs> but mm-hmm. Um, It can't just be this one God. There can't just be one path. Could a good and loving, and we keep hearing this word, right. empathetic, compassionate God, could a God who says that he is love, 1 John 4, 8, mm-hmm. uh, really send people to hell as you said? There have to be multiple paths. God has to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. God has to be more tolerant than how the Bible describes him. How do you deal with that kind of contention?
2: I always think of C.S. Lewis's book *Mere Christianity* and how he explained that you cannot have true love without having the choice. And so that's actually why God even placed the the tree of life and death. Or I'm sorry, the, the tree, tree of the knowledge, of the tree and evil, of knowledge, right. of good and evil. Basically, life and death. That right, was the consequence. Right. Yeah. The yeah because he, he always gave us the choice. And unfortunately, we made the wrong choice at beginning with Adam and Eve. But you can't have true love if you're just a robot who's who's pre-programmed to say we love God. And yes, we believe I, that is the key. And sorry. I'll let no, you no, 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 no. Um, but uh, but essentially, you know, I was going to say earlier to your earlier point, you know, in the book of Revelation, it's. The Bible clearly says we are not to add or take away from any of these words. And I think in our culture today, we are doing that so often and even just little ways. And you talk a lot about this on your podcast, how we coin phrases like we're going to manifest things into goodness and, and ideas just get so muddled in our minds. God created truth because he loves us, because we crave order. I mean. I know you have young kids. I have a baby. Babies even crave discipline. They crave schedules. They crave, Mm -hmm. you know, having a way, a narrow path. The the path is narrow. Jesus continually tells us that. And um, so for people to say that it's, it doesn't make sense for there to only be one path. I would just ask them to even think about themselves on, in like a scientific way. It's like, but we crave that. We want clear cut answers. We do. And so that's because God has designed us that way because that is the truth. And um, it might be hard to grapple with, but mm-hmm. um, it is what it is. And he does love us and he is a good God.
1: Yeah, and, and I would add that um, I saw Phil Donahue moralizing, shaming some interviewee, some Christian. I can't remember those evil Christians mm-hmm. and asking, oh, so you're saying that I'm a Jew. I can't remember if he said I'm a Jew. You say, all oh, Jews are going to hell. Is that right? Oh my gosh. So here's the, my answer to that. No, Jews are no worse situated than Gentiles. Christ mm-hmm. makes the offer to everyone. Right. It is not exclusive. It is inclusive. It is, you're all invited. Now, yeah. some ultra five point Calvinists may disagree with that, but that's not the, this is not the appropriate place to talk about that. But I believe they don't want to lose. Christ doesn't want to lose any sheep. And I believe the love is for everyone mm-hmm. and the offer of life is for everyone. <clears throat> and, um, you can't, th- this new age stuff or this modern woke culture, they, they want to conform the cult, the church to the culture and pollute it instead of conforming truth to truth. They destroy the, destroy the language. Uh, We have to have intellectual and moral order. Mm -hmm. And God provided this way. It's an insult to the finished work of Christ to suggest there are other ways. Mm -hmm. I I repeat, why would he have gone through the indignities he did? Uh, God becoming a human is more of a drop than a human being becoming an ant. Mm -hmm. And yet he did it and planned to create us knowing we would sin and he would have to do it in advance. That's unbounded love. And so... Please don't, don't uh, tell me that. And also, this, these, these new the modern culture wants to destroy—I'm talking about a point you made earlier—wants to destroy God's created order by saying, and this is back to the body thing, Christ says, our God says, I made you man and woman. Man and woman, I created you. I didn't make you to identify who you are. I didn't create a bunch of narcissists you, you can identify as a bean sprout. I made you man or woman. And that, that's all part of the body thing too.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all part of God's created order. It's
1: gender specific. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry, I'm not being uncompassionate, but it's not compassionate to, to distort truth right. and to therefore uh, detrimentally impact a person's route to eternal life. Yeah. What good, it's, it's pleasing man and not God, but what good would it do you, Allie, if I said to make you feel good or to make you like me, to please man instead of God? Uh, you can go the transcendental meditation route. You can yeah. be a Hindu, you can be a Buddhist. Right. I'm not doing you any favors. It's yeah. the height of selfishness if you truly believe Christ is the only way as he says he is.
0: Yes, it's, it's also, you mentioned C.S. Lewis, the whole Lord, liar, lunatic quandary. Yep. Well, Jesus right. said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right. And so if you believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. you believe that Jesus said that and he said that he is the only way, well, then you've only got really a few options and if go ahead. No, no,
1: that's it. Trilemma, the trilemma.
0: Yes, yes. Ephesians 1, 5. I love the book of Ephesians says, in love, he predestined us for adoption as sons. And I do, um, I I am a Calvinist, and so we don't need to get into the (laughs) Calvinism Arminian debate, but what we agree on, obviously, um, and the Bible is very clear on this, is that he desires salvation for his people. And it is in love that he has given us a way to be reconciled, sinners, ungodly, undeserving, People to himself. Yes. And so it is exclusive in some ways. Like the critics are right. right. Jesus is the only way. Right. But it's incredibly inclusive. Yeah, in that's that what I meant. It yes. does, oh, yeah, yeah. I agree with you yeah. in that yes. it doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter your nationality. Doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, your yeah. IQ, yes. any of that. Amen. I mean, what could be better? What right. is better news than that? It's good yeah. news. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I have found it's interesting. Maybe it's because of that body connection that those who start to deny maybe the most controversial part of the gospel, that Jesus was raised from the dead, it ends up being kind of a slippery slope into the other doctrines of Christianity. Yeah. Because as you said, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then, I mean, why but, believe anything else even here, right? Yeah. But
1: Allie, I never did understand, in all my skepticism, I don't understand what's so hard to believe. If you believe God can breathe the universe <laughs> into existence, yeah. how, that's it's not too tough to, to resurrect us bodily. And if you don't believe God breathed the universe into existence and the multiverse, whatever it is, then you're kind of illogical because it couldn't have happened on its own. Sorry. It had to have been. There had to have been a a divine source.
0: Right. Um, You repeatedly stress in the resurrected Jesus that Christianity teaches that salvation is by faith alone in Jesus Christ and not one's good work. So we talked about Mm -hmm. it being by faith alone in Christ alone, but it's also not... Okay, we earn it, and Jesus kind of helps us, or he's a part of our salvation. That also is hard for some professing
2: Christians to mm-hmm. grasp. Why is that important? Um, well, I would say because first of all it it totally is so disrespectful to what Jesus did for us. I mean, and it actually kind of focuses us back on ourselves because for us to think that we could do anything to earn our salvation is, I mean, it's such a joke and it puts it back on us. It stresses that the power is on our hands. Yeah. And I always think I I say this to myself repeatedly throughout the day, actually, that my weakness is my strength. And Jesus tells us, you know, you know, I am the vine. You are you are the branches if you remain in me. But apart from me, you can do no thing. And he means you can do no good thing outside of me. That includes our salvation, of course. We have to take him at his word and we have to understand that. I mean, I think it's hard for people to believe because it is such good news. It's like, what? You yeah, it's like too good to be right. true. But yeah. that, be- that being said, we are not to just live our lives completely carelessly and, you know, doing things that he tells us clearly not to do because oh we're covered by grace yeah and i know that's something that's kind of swirling around the christian community right now because you know musical artists who have been caught on camera doing things they shouldn't be doing and yeah um and I so I do think that we do have to remember the gravity of what he did for us mm-hmm. because unless we have that revelation, that realization, we we won't be sober minded enough to say, Okay, I my life needs to bear the fruit yes. that it comes only from the true reality of understanding like, Okay, his sacrifice was so much and I'm so undeserving and that's what produces the good fruit. But the good fruit is not what gets us into
1: heaven. Yeah. You know, and, and Paul <clears throat> Um, addresses this. I think it, it offends the human sensibility, the sense of justice, that works don't matter. Well, we don't say works don't mm. matter. In yeah. fact, right. that's why we're go- we would go to hell, is because works do matter. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Our own works. A good point. Now, yeah. but, but there's also, Paul addressed, so if, I'm, if it's all faith alone, it's all through grace, am I free to sin? And he addresses that in Romans. And yes. of course, he yeah. emphatically says, no, of course you're not. We have a higher duty as Christians. It's not out of uh, obeying uh, some rituals or some rules or even the Ten Commandments, although they're, they're valid, of course. It is a higher calling. It's an obedience and love for God, Christ, that makes us even live to a higher standard. And, and I, was, I used to read the Sermon on the Mount and go, are you kidding me? Jesus, why would you? There's no... I don't mean Jesus cussing, I mean talking to Jesus. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How can you expect us to live to that standard? Yeah. And then I later learned, it's, he, he doesn't, he knows we can't, yeah. but it's to show us that standard, to show us our very need for him, that we're incapable of living to that standard. Now mm-hmm. the, there's the other aspect, salvation is by faith alone, and we are declared righteous, called justification. It's a legal declaration. That doesn't mean we're sin free from the point of conversion, but there's another thing that's important the sanctification process begins the holy spirit indwells us and we we begin through the holy spirit and the spiritual disciplines becoming closer to the holy spirit to be able to or to be empowered to overcome sin on a daily basis and so we do become more sanctified more holy i mean not in my case but i mean you guys probably (laughs) and and so um but we never become sin free until we're glorified after we die and
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. But I
1: mean, I think works do matter. There's rewards too. Yes. And, And so they're not written off.
3: All right. Let's talk about Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and they fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in things like the sanctity of life, free speech, Second Amendment. And look, when you are paying these other mobile phone companies, they are also taking a portion of what you're paying them and giving them to candidates and causes but not the kind that you support the kind that are working actively against all of the things that you hold dear you don't have to worry about that with patriot mobile you can trust that your money is going to good things they also have affordable plans for you and your family even your business they offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks and like I said, they're supporting the conservative values that you and I believe in. They've got special deals for uh, veterans and first responders too. So make sure you check that out when you go to patriotmobile.com slash or call 972 Patriot. You'll get free activation with the offer code ally. patriotmobile.com slash That's patriotmobile.com slash
0: Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 is so clear on this. And whenever I read this passage, I'm always mm-hmm. amazed at how much... God through Paul emphasizes, you were saved by grace through faith, not of your own doing, Mm. not a result of works. He says it over and Mm. over again, so that no one may boast. But then in verse 10, he says, you were saved for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you may walk in them. So right there, he says, you're not saved by good works, but you are saved for Mm. good works. And Mm -hmm. people tend to- you know, confuse those yes. things. And, and,
1: and it's again, and that's great that you added that. Yeah. that because people, again, the smart, the people that think that Christians are intellectually uh, deficient yeah. and don't think through things, oh, they just have no idea. Yeah. We wrestle with all these things. Right. And Paul addressed them explicitly. They would have no idea. Either that or they're spiritually blind, and if they read it, yeah. couldn't see it, couldn't comprehend it. Right,
0: right, right. Is there anything in this writing process of this book that you learned for the first time about Jesus or about the Bible in general? Either of you?
1: No, but, uh, but my answer to when people have asked similar questions is, I, what, what I really was taken with, and you know, the, the Bible— we believers believe that the Bible is the living word of God. It mm-hmm. speaks to us directly. Even though the word is unchanging, it hits you in different circumstances. It hits different people. It hits me in a different time in a different way, even though the words don't change. And one, one thing that got me, and I, I've, I, this wasn't an epiphany or a revelation, I'm sure I've thought it before, was how human and personal uh, Paul is and, and what he, mm-hmm. the struggles he went through. The Bible authors, not just Paul, describe their warts and all. They don't pretend to be perfect, mm-hmm. which makes it more believable. It also yeah. makes it more relatable, it to coin <laughs> yes. term, yes. that we can relate to Paul because he went through all this stuff and he got mad. He got upset with Barnabas. He wasn't perfect and he, and he made mistakes. And he, because and he, he planted these churches, why didn't they automatically right. prosper? Right. As soon as he planted them, some of them backslid. And yeah. so that's why he had to write these letters, which ultimately would be for our. Benefit all yeah. through the ages. Two thousand right. later years later, we're reading them. So um I I I don't even remember the question, but that was a pretty what good you, answer. Yeah, no, it, it was a great That's, answer. Sorry. Is there
0: anything you you said? It, the question was if there's anything new that you learned, which right. it just
2: seems like oh, okay, no. you knew those things, but yeah. they just kind of re more. you. Yeah, it yeah, emphasize right.
1: it, hit home more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What
2: about you? Um, I, basically, essentially the same, but I really in studying Paul's life and all these different struggles yeah. he's going through, I always saw him as, you know, such a serious, just kind of like, kind of brash on person. persons. It's just yeah. like, so like, okay, he, he's really, um, he's really trying to admonish everyone and, 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 you know, correct them. But, but it, when we studied it so closely, you see the tenderness of him. Oh, no, and, good. and yeah. um, that is what I saw. And, and I know that, I I feel, you know, kind of in my spirit that that's essentially what Jesus also saw in yes. him. I mean, obviously, he yeah. he loved him for all of his different dimensions of his character. But in, th- in the very last chapter of the book, because we re- re- rewrite it chronologically, um, we end with 2 Timothy. And uh, it really... Um, it brings me to tears every time I read it because we know that this is probably the last letter he wrote in, in his mm-hmm. lifetime. He knew he was about to be put to death. Um, and and we see that he's kind of looking back at his life and and he is just so grateful to god i mean that's what he ends on is such a high note he says you know i have no regrets i have i have run the race and i and then he's admonishing timothy to do the same and it's a beautiful picture of what christ is telling all of us that the same holy spirit who lived in paul this incredible apostle is the one who lives in us and we are called to so think of ourselves as citizens of heaven who he can use and will use the more of ourselves we give to him. So it it yeah. really is just so touching and inspiring in that yeah. way. And that's what I saw differently looking at the scriptures um, so in depth through this process. It's amazing
0: how differently you see it when you believe it to be true oh, so first. Yeah. And I love what you said. You mentioned that the fact that these writers show themselves Warts and all, Mm -hmm. and their sins makes it more believable. And the writers also show the difficult to comprehend things about God throughout Scripture, which makes it more believable. Like if this were a book that was just supposed to be PR for Christianity, no, you can you only believe all this stuff because if it's true.
1: That's right, and you know who would have told anyone that peter denied god three times right. jesus three times it's embarrassing but peter, right. it's embarrassing peter, it's embarrassing yeah, it's shameful right. but i think it's kind of funny I, we talk about god having a sense of humor otherwise we wouldn't have it we yeah, get it yeah. from him jesus made him profess his love for him three <laughs> times afterwards yeah. i mean I, I think that's kind of cool the, the, the way but i also yeah. think in, in mm. addition to the, the showing the humanity and the imperfections this is what got me when i first was exposed to this stuff: the bible even though it was written by 40 different authors over 1500 years in an old testament and a new Testament, Mm -hmm. it is so integrated it's one connective story about god's creation and love and redemption for mankind that could not if you read it it is so bizarre how the same the same truths are sprinkled throughout the bible in a way that could only be uh Un, it could only happened, have happened through a divine conspiracy, a divine mm-hmm. author. Because these guys, we're talking over fifteen hundred years, they they couldn't have gotten together unless they had a time machine. Yes, right. And and yet all these truths. Now, the the smart ones will say, "Oh no, there's so many inconsistencies. They can all be explained," as you and I both know. Yes. Uh, those alleged inconsistencies. But look at the the thematic stuff, the the doctrine, the the the, the tenderness of God, or the the righteous anger of God. All these things are true. And by the way, one other thing I got to in- interject: people want to say that God of the Old Testament mean. Jesus, wonderfully nice, never got mad. Yeah. Paul even meaner. <laughs> yeah, and it's so absurd because Christ had less tolerance for sin than anyone, including yes. the God of the Old Testament. Yes, yep. and, he, and he and this what what he, you know the money change doesn't just the money changers. He affirmed everything of the Old Testament, yeah.
0: Yeah. right, and went even more deeply than what we understood there are people who especially our age are like oh jesus didn't care about sin he never talked about xyz like well jesus actually took the previous definition of sin to another level by saying it's not enough that you don't commit adultery if you even look at a woman lustfully it's not enough that you don't murder if you even hate someone and all of us are like okay well then i'm just as bad as a murderer but but
1: i've thought a lot about this We know in our hearts, especially if you're saved, you know you have these evil thoughts. I still have them, and I go, I wish I didn't have that thought. I do think we get points for not acting on them. So I don't think what Christ said was, you're just as evil as the person who acts on them, but for salvation purposes, you are. In other words, you're you're not perfect, and you can't join God in eternity without being perfect. And the only way we can be perfect is by being declared perfect uh, judicially but by our right. faith in christ right. but but we're it's not he's not saying and i think that's why people get offended by this well i thought about this i had a lustful thought but i didn't go rape somebody well no it matters it all matters yes, there's grades, of gradations to be, of course hitler's worse but it's nobody can make it yeah. because the standard is perfection
0: exactly yeah. exactly and he's saying just because you haven't acted on it doesn't mean that you don't need me that's right, right. Salvation.
3: All right, last sponsor for the day, and that is Annie's Kit Club. So if you want to make sure that your kids are using their downtime in a way that is productive, constructive, good for their brains, helps them with critical thinking and problem solving, you need to check out Annie's Kit Clubs. It's a subscription service that sends different kinds of crafts, for your kids every month, right to your front door. It's really perfect for kids ages about 7 to 12. They've got STEM projects. They've got craft kits specifically for girls, like jewelry making. They've also got building projects for young woodworkers, all kinds of fun stuff. Comes with all the supplies, all the tools, and the instructions that they need to independently make a hands-on project. It's really awesome. Go to annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. You'll get your first month for 75% off. And if you don't end up liking it or using it, you can cancel at any time. The subscriptions are month to month, so no long contracts or anything like that. Go to annieskitclubs.com slash Allie for 75% off your first month. That's annieskitclubs.com slash Allie.
0: Tell me what you want. If there's one thing, and I know that it's probably... I love that picture. Me I know too, that it's yeah. probably difficult to narrow down, but if there's one thing that you want people to take away after finishing this book, what would that be? And I would love to hear from both of you on that.
1: I don't yeah. want her to talk here. Okay, okay. I, okay. I, I want you to dominate it. Here. Um I'll, I'll answer first. Okay, so, because I'm the dad. Dad's probably. Um, it's like all the other books. Sorry for not having a profound answer, but it is our goal is to um, bring people closer to God by Making them or inspiring them to read the Bible itself. This is not the Bible. It's about the Bible. It's a book about the Bible. I love books about the Bible. They help me immeasurably. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the Bible is the Word of God, and I submit. I've always submitted since I became a fanatic believer in it that it is the Word of God, and you, and it has the ability to convert you. It has the ability to inspire you. It is it is f- directly from from God, and so um, we want them to do that. But what we've added in this book from my other Christian books. Was prayer, and, and she is such a prayer warrior, and so spirit filled, and she has such a facility for prayer. I had one time, uh, I got to say this. I had a person call me. You probably know him. I won't mention his name. A conservative commentator call me. knew as a Christian, of course, and I'd been on his podcast or whatever. And he said he's having really t- trouble with his child. They couldn't couldn't heal her, and uh, not not life threatening trouble, but would you pr- say a prayer for her with me? And I said, you know, I have always been awkward doing public prayers, but I'll do it for you. But would you mind if I call my daughter and get her on the phone, mm-hmm. add her, because I'm a tech wizard, and I added her on the iPhone. Wow. And he said, yeah, yeah. And a tech wizard. And so, <laughs> and so I joined her, and I, came, I just told her in two seconds what it was. She just comes up Sorry with this pray. profound prayer. It blew the guy away, I guarantee you. Wow. Wow. Um, and that's a seed, seed. and, yeah, that's a yeah, seed, and yeah there you go right i get it. Right. and so um i just she did she primarily authored these prayers throughout i helped a little bit not much and she um and and she obviously contributed to the rest of it back and forth back and forth so it was a, a true collaboration but i think this book is qualitatively better in a in a significant way because of her prayers it, yes. it, it helps readers interact with the text and with the bible yeah. Now you don't have time because I taught I filibuster. <laughs> okay, go ahead.
2: Go ahead. Um, no, you can't talk. Well thanks, Dad. <laughs> um well I just really pray that people I kinda said this before, but that people through reading Paul's letters understand that we really are citizens of heaven when we have Jesus in our hearts and that you know, when you read through um this book, we we offer opportunities for you to pause and interact with the text of the Bible and to actually recognize that, okay, I'm not reading this alone. God is here with me. He's, he's brought me to this book. He's brought me to the Bible and I can actually pause and I can ask him questions if something doesn't make sense to me, or I can ask him to show me where in my life this might be applying right now, or where in somebody who I know's life, this might be applying. So I, I really pray that people, um, the flames of their faith get ignited and that they start to see themselves as, as, having the ability and the capability to make an impact on the world for Christ and um, not just kind of, you know, going through the motions of it, but to, to really take that on and believe in themselves because God believes in us so much more than we can imagine. But isn't
1: it cool that my daughter has inspired me to, to more to the heart. Yes. As you talked about earlier, but you know, (laughs) so I'm too much on the, 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 the study, the knowledge side. Yeah. I don't want to say the intellectual side because it looks like I'm calling my, I'm not calling myself an intellect, but you know, the head knowledge thing. And I err on that side and I love it. I, I've always known I need a better balance, yeah. the heart thing. Yeah. And so she inspires me to, to go deeper there.
0: Last question. This book is dedicated to your brother, your uncle, Rush. Uh, what has it been like? I know that's a big question and I don't want, you know, to take too much more of the time but what has it been like um, since he's passed and how has that been kind of grappling with his legacy and i'm sure wondering at times wow what would he be saying about all this craziness right
1: now i
0: find myself thinking that too yeah well
1: people ask me that on twitter all the time and i'm blown away by the love Mm -hmm. that persists for him he wasn't just uh, a voice that validated what they think which i always thought that was the extent of it and they loved how talented he was on what I learned after he died was how much they loved him mm. and considered him a family member. A friend, he was in yeah. their home three hours a day, religiously to coin a term. Yeah. And they I, I, I bet you you'll think I'm exaggerating. I bet you I've received ten thousand yeah. texts, DMs, whatever, how much they love him. He's a family member. And it's kind of cool for me because I feel like I'm an extended family member of theirs. It's like Yeah. And I they probably
0: I, feel that way too. Yeah, yeah
1: and, and he, he spawned so many careers. Yours yours, for example. You, none of us would be able to do this. I yeah. can't believe how many doors he opened for right. me. As an entertainment lawyer, mm-hmm. I would never have had those opportunities. But yeah, yeah after he died, big hole in my heart. And, and you know, every day we text 25 times a day, little insignificant things. I can't, every, yeah. every day I go, I want to tell him something. And then a microsecond later, I realize, oh, you can't he's gone. Do that. So it's tough. Mm. But what he would say today, and I said this at the MRC banquet in a tribute to him was, he would say, "See, I told you so." And it was the title of his first book, and and he would he wouldn't be surprised by any of this. He would be making fun of the insanity, the extremism of the left, which has finally shown its true colors. I wish I had two hours to do a monologue and tell you what I think about the left right now. <laughs> yeah, but but um, he would be lampooning them. But he would also say, "It's not time to panic," even though he said, "I always warn you when it's time," because when you when you say panic, you're panicking. You've actually surrendered to the left, and we will never surrender. We will never surrender and give up on this greatest country in the history of the world. We're going to take it back, and don't believe these naysayers who say we're going to get shellacked in November. That's just more propaganda, disinformation, Orwellian. We're going to win it back, but yeah. we got to be true to our beliefs, or we won't.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you have anything to add to that, just to um, close this out? Yeah, I I just think that you know he did everything that he was meant to do, and um um not to get emotional, but you know, well done.
1: Better you than me. I would be embarrassed. I'm a guy. I can't cry in public. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, I was just,
0: I was uh, talking to a friend the other day and all of us have that innate desire for affirmation and just to feel that we are seen and feel that we are appreciated. And of course, in Rush's life, he was. He he got a lot of affirmation and Mm -hmm. a lot of appreciation, but the only affirmation that really matters is the one that punctuates the Christian's life. And we Mm -hmm. get... That fulfillment, finally and eternally, of what we have all been innately longing for our whole life, and that is to hear mm. from the only one who counts, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, that's so why good. I said
1: earlier, you should get your own show. You're so good at this. But, <laughs> Gosh, I'll try.
0: But, I'll but, try. But I, but, I, but,
1: I, but I want to say this, because I should have wrapped this in a, in a Christian context. I, and I've said this before, but there's so many things. That he, I was so moved by how much closer he got to Christ mm. during his final year. Mm. You know, Praise God. Yeah. yeah. God uses evil for good, and righteous cancer was a bad evil as it is for everyone. And it drew uh, rush closer to God. and I think that inspired his audience too. they they always prayed for him and and uh, anyway, that's a that's yeah. a great ending.
0: It is a great ending that God does continually use evil for good mm-hmm. in ways that we can see and in ways that we can't right. so
1: by the way true. do you have another hour we can talk about the left i'd like to go on. The <laughs> sure,
0: come back anytime <laughs> no i'll just let you go i would love it but thank y'all so much thanks for taking so the time to come on us. everyone pick up the resurrected jesus i'm guessing you can get it wherever books are sold thank you guys yeah. so much for oh, coming so on much i want to
1: compliment us. you we both love your podcast well, so thank so you you can do that in a commercial even though we have no clout but i just want <laughs> people to know that all the thank podcasts, you so much. you are so good thank you thank you i appreciate
0: that